Lex underscore Kelly is asking tips on how to help feeling burnt out and still being a gentle parent. I'm Rachel. And I'm Marcela. And you're listening to the Parenting with Understanding podcast. We are parenting coaches who have helped millions of parents like you all over the world go from feeling isolated and hopeless, unable to break the cycle of permissive or punitive parenting, to feeling confident in parenthood and connected to their children's needs. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Marcella. I am so thrilled yet again to be back for another month and another podcast episode. And this week, we have our TikTok Live friends here with us. Yay! Yes. Yeah, they are live. And because we are going to answer 20 questions in 20 minutes. Yeah. So one minute per question. We're going to do it quick. We're going to try. We're going to try to do it quick and sweet for this month this is the month of thanksgiving of family gatherings the family is coming in town or we're going out of town are you going out of town rachel no all of my family is here so we stay here okay abuelita's here and she's gonna be for thanksgiving and it's, it brings an interesting dynamic when we are gentle parenting our kids and we are just Nobody's judging us, nobody's telling us anything, and all of a sudden, all the relatives come, and then the dynamic changes when our children are having a meltdown in the middle of aisle six at Target, and Abuelita is right next to you. <laughs> so, this month, we are going to focus our attention on equipping you with all the tools and the skills. So, family gatherings and this holiday season with family is a time that you enjoy and that you feel fully equipped to confidently gentle parent your children. Yeah, we've got some great tools to equip you in that. We'll be talking about those in future podcast episodes, so make sure to come back. But for now, are we ready to dive in? If you guys have questions on TikTok Live, be sure to pop them in the chat so we can ask because we're going to answer them here on the podcast. So you guys are going to get the answers immediately, but our listeners will get them a little bit later. So if you have questions, throw them our way. We're going to try to answer them in one minute. Before we dive into that, we want to tell you about an amazing free resource that I created called the Cycle Breaker Starter Kit. This is a kit that is designed to help you start your journey as a cycle breaker. A lot of people will ask me on TikTok and Instagram, where do I even begin? If I want to be a gentle parent, I don't even know where to start. This is the perfect starter kit for you, and it's totally free. And I'm going to walk you through a series of thought-provoking questions to evaluate your upbringing, to shift your disciplinary plan, to manage your triggers, etc. So it's a great tool. If you want that, you can open the description of this podcast episode, and you'll see a link there. Or you can go to the link in my profile on TikTok or on Instagram, and you'll find it there as well. Yes. Okay, so let's start with the questions. Um, somebody here, Ashley, is asking, how do you deal with a 90-month-old who hits by a speech delay? So 90-month-old who hits and has a speech delay. Toddlers leave a lot of frustration because just imagine you had the amount of words that your toddler has <laughs> to communicate all your feelings, all your needs, and on top of that, that toddler sees that he is not able to use his voice the same way other children their age is able to use his voice. So I completely understand why your child uses his body to communicate his needs and feelings instead of his words. 
So my advice is to take a deep breath, encourage yourself, remind yourself that your child is communicating a need and co-regulate so they calm down and you could be their voice. You could be that translator of their needs and feelings once they are calmed down. So that's my encouragement to you. Okay, Lex underscore Kelly is asking tips on how to help feeling burnt out and still being a gentle parent. So, gosh, I mean, I think that burnout is something that every parent experiences at one point in time or another, especially if you have a lot of other life stressors. If parenting was our only job, (laughs) right? If we could just focus solely on parenting and not have to pay bills and not have to go to work and not have to deal with all of the other life stressors, it would be a totally different thing. And we could all probably gently parent very well. But my first tip would be to take care of yourself first. To take care of yourself first. And this is a huge thing for a lot of women, especially because we tend to put ourselves on the back burner and serve everyone before ourselves. And we truly cannot pour from an empty cup. So we need to fill our cup up and make sure that we are consistently giving back to ourselves before we give to our children. The second thing I would say is to give yourself a ton of grace in the process of learning to gentle parent because you are breaking a cycle. You're probably healing yourself. You're probably reparenting your own inner child in the process of parenting your own. So give yourself so much grace and then really focus on um, the need behind behavior. I think that a lot of times we get burnt out because we're so focused on behavior and we get exhausted. And if we look to the need and just simply say, this is communication of a need. How can I help my child right here? How can I give them what they need now and what they need later? Everything shifts. Right. Melina, she's asking, I moved to a new state and my two and a half year old is having a very tough time adjusting. How can I help her? So it's very possible, highly possible that your two and a half year old is grieving She's grieving her old house. She's grieving her old environment. She's grieving her old bed. She's grieving everything about the, the former place, the former house. So it is a process. And what I would say is to allow your child to live her grief through her own time, right? We might say, well, but it's been two months. She might just, she she needs to be adjusting by now. Every child has its own process. One little thing that I do with uh, children in foster care, because they are grieving as well, is to do things that reminds them of the good things that they had uh, before. So I had a child, he was Mexican, and then we made Mexican food. We went to Mexican parties. <laughs> I had another one, he was African, he was from Libya. And then we, we, dre- like we dressed, uh, some days we dressed African, and then uh, we allowed him to tell stories about his birthplace. Um, with your two and a half year old, maybe you can draw, draw some pictures and that will help with the process of grieving. So number one, a lot of patience. And number two, allowing your child to, to grieve through storytelling and play. Yeah. Crystal is asking, do you have any tips on getting your kids to do homework without a struggle? Okay. Oh, homework struggles. So 
this is something that I have not personally experienced, but I've coached a lot of parents through things very similar to this or just like this. And um, in fact, I recently had a private coaching call where I was talking to a mom who homeschooled about getting schoolwork done. And what we discovered is that she tended to be, and I don't know if this is your case, Crystal, but she tended to be very type A. She wanted things to be very routine and very structured, and she wanted kids to follow in li- fall in line with that structure, right? And so when there wasn't, when the kids weren't following the routine, she was getting into this like anxious energy, which our energy affects our child's energy. And so I would say, first and foremost, to focus on like, look at homework from a child's perspective. One of their basic needs is the need to feel competent and capable. And homework is one of the most challenging things. And think about it. They've been at school for nine hours usually. And it's been like, why are we giving children homework to begin with? (laughs) That's a rabbit trail, right? But like, you know, essentially it'd be like you going to work for nine hours and then your boss telling you that you had to come home and still work some more. And so for a child, that can feel really overwhelming, really stressful, really frustrating. So I would find ways to make it fun, to make it enjoyable, and to think like a child, to truly get into the perspective of the child and ask yourself, what does my child need to make this enjoyable? Right. That's great. Savage KXO says, my son is six years old and is giving a lot of attitude. How can I redirect him to be respectful? Okay, so let's talk about attitude. What does attitude mean to us? Because attitude is a subjective thing. (laughs) But for you, might be attitude. For somebody else, might be, oh, that child is just speaking up, speaking his needs and voicing his needs and wants. So number one, check with yourself what do you mean by attitude. Number two, check if, the meaning that you have of attitude comes from childhood wounds <laughs> or not, because a lot of the times if we were not allowed to use our voice growing up, then <laughs> now as adults and we see our children using their voice, we see it as this child is having attitude, this, ch- this child is talking back, right? And number three, how do you redirect attitude? How do you do that? So if, if you're, let's just put on a, an adult scenario. Let's just say that you are talking sideways to your husband or wife, and then they tell you, oh, you don't talk to me that way. What are you more likely to do? To, to raise up and then to get more upset, right? Yeah. You're more likely to raise up and get more upset. Now, if your husband or wife says, okay, I see that you need some time and then comes back to you a little later when you're calm and say, okay, remember that time that I told you this and then you responded this to me this way? I, I felt sad. I felt hurt. And you would you be willing to talk about that, mm-hmm. that scenario easier? Yes, because yeah. you're not upset. Um, so our, with our children, it's the same way. If you feel disrespected, anchor yourself, take a few breaths, and once you feel ready to talk to your child respectfully as well, now with the with ad, giving back the attitude, then tell him how you expect him to talk to you. Okay, so I think this is Lena22. It's Lena22. I want to be fun for my 19-month-old son, but I have had 
um, concussion symptoms for over a year suggestions. It's common for parents to deal with chronic health issues, right? We have a mom in our advanced mentorship program who has chronic health issues. And we have coached her through some of these very same scenarios where you're dealing with your own health issues. Again, it's it's all those stressors of life outside of parenting that affect the way we show up for our children. And I think this is a really good example of when the rupture and repair process needs to be in place. So Imagine yourself like a little volcano and you're trying to keep it together. And eventually every single parent is going to rupture in some way, shape or form. And especially those of us who are healing and cycle breaking and, you know, reparenting our own inner child. So we are more likely to have that rupture process, right? And that's where repair is so incredibly important to have that process in place where your child knows that they are not responsible for your reactions. And being able to simply say that, you know, um, to be able to say to them, wow, oh, that sounded so rude the way that I said that to you. I'm going to try that again, right? Just simply rewind, redo, right? Yes. So um, and then again, giving, I know this sounds like a cliche phrase, but really we do have to give ourselves so much grace because perfection is this bar that we tend to set for ourselves, whether intentionally or unintentionally. And when we have chronic issues like that, it can feel like, oh, I'm so far from that bar. Well, the bar is impossible to reach, first of all. We don't need perfection. We just need progress. And you being able to create a rupture and repair process in your parenting, which is probably something your parents did not create for you, that is progress. So give yourself so much grace. Yes. Okay. So there, there How do I discipline my two-year-old when he does something bad? Okay, how do I discipline my two-year-old when he does something bad? Does he know he's doing the wrong thing? (laughs) Because that's the thing. Like, discipline, what is discipline? Teaching skills. If your child is doing something that is wrong, does he mean to do wrong things? No, like children want to do good. A two-year-old, he doesn't even know he's a person yet. He's very new to this world. (laughs) At 18 months old, he started recognizing himself in the mirror. So for sure, he doesn't know he's doing anything wrong. (laughs) So what do you do? It's simply redirecting to the right action. So if he's jumping on the couch and doesn't know, where can he jump? If he's about to touch the the glasses that you have that you have in the little bar, put the glasses somewhere else because that like he's gonna get curious about it. It's shiny, has a noise when you touch it. He doesn't know it's not safe. Put it somewhere else, right? So he can keep exploring safely. So with such a young child, discipline is more about keeping them safe because they don't know how to be safe. And number two, redirecting them to the right action. But it's not about like, ah, how do I get them to understand that they're doing something wrong? Right now, they won't understand that they're doing anything wrong. They won't. Yeah. Okay. Samantha says, I'm 22 and pregnant. My grandparents refuse to respect my boundaries of not kissing the baby. Any tips? Woo, this is a big one. Okay. So body boundaries is something that it's a phrase that I coined with Peyton and um, I tell her whenever she's crossing my body boundary and then I ask her 
permission before I cross any of hers. You know, I usually, most of the time will ask her, can I give you a kiss on your forehead? Or can I give you a kiss on your lips? Can I give you a hug? You know, and so she gets to say yes or no. And I respect that boundary. But whenever you're talking about parents or grandparents or even strangers at the grocery store, who are like, oh, what a cute little baby, right? Um, I think that we have to get, we have to ourselves get comfortable with being a little bit more bold, using our voice. And again, if we didn't grow up where that was okay in childhood and we got punished for it, especially if it's from grandparents or parents, that can feel really scary. And so what I would recommend is, is really just like asking yourself, is it more important to me to keep my grandparents happy or to protect my child? And to let your child know that it's okay to stand up. So you actually standing up to your grandparents is modeling for your child how to stand up to people who you might feel really nervous about standing up for. You are modeling the behavior that you want to create in your children. So I would, and you can do that respectfully. You can simply say, I, I love that you love the baby so much. And I am asking that you keep, keep kisses. And I guess it was kisses. Is that right? Yes. Not kissing the baby. So I would actually like block the kisses if I were close. I'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I know you want to kiss the baby. But right now there's RSV is really like rampant. And so we're not doing any kisses outside of mommy and daddy right now. You know, thank you so much for loving the baby. You know, like. And it's not your responsibility how they feel about your boundary. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Jamira, how can I help my 17-month-old to use her words, when she doesn't want something, her words, um, she doesn't have many words at 17. And, and for sure, she doesn't have understanding of what she needs. <laughs> because 17 she's, she's 17. 17, 17 months. 17 okay. months. So she doesn't okay. have words, many words. She doesn't have understanding. Um, it's a lot of repeating back to, to her what, what she could tell you. So, for example, if she's screaming because she's hungry, you may do the, the baby sign of, like, you, you want milk, milk. And that way, with that repetition of simple words, she could start building up her vocabulary and signaling back to you when she needs things. But it's not going to be right now. Okay, one more question. Let's do it. Okay, um, let's see. I think it's Nanner Lubin. I love that. I don't know how to regulate my anger in front of my children or how to respond in a calm way. Okay. Huh, I feel this on so many levels and because I too grew up with reactive parents, first of all, and was the reactive yelling parent myself before I learned how to manage my triggers and to calm myself down. I do have many resources on this topic that are available at the link in my profile on both Instagram and TikTok. So I would encourage viewers who are listening to this podcast episode to go there um, and check those out. Um, and then the quick, the quick tip that I have is a very powerful mantra that I adopted years ago, and it is freeze, breathe, meet the need. Freeze, breathe, meet the need. Take, like, pause yourself, take a deep breath, which is gonna help get your nervous system starting in the other direction of getting to a place of calm. One breath is not gonna get you into a place of calm, but it's gonna start you down that road. And you may have to take 10 or 15 deep breaths, right? And then ask yourself, okay, my child is communicating here. My child's communicating a need. 
how can I meet the need and just focus there. So freeze, breathe, meet the need. Yes. So again, if you are new to gentle parenting, if you are looking to break your cycle, we highly recommend you to download for free the Cycle Breaker Starter Kit from the Considered Mama. You can find it open in the description of this podcast episode. It's there or go to the link in her bio. Remember that uh, if you are an HIC cycle breaker, meaning that if you are one of our customers, we have a private Facebook group for you, exclusive for customers. You can find us in Facebook, HIC cycle breaker Facebook group and request to join. If you got something out of this podcast episode, we want to encourage you to leave a review for other listeners to come and hear from other parents just like them, what they are getting out of the Parenting with Understanding podcast. And if you aren't already following us on social media, you can find us at High Impact Club and at The Considerate Mama, both on TikTok and Instagram. And don't forget, it only takes understanding to break your cycle. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.